Today, we want to continue to uh, look at developing intimacy with our God, our Heavenly Father, in worship. Developing intimacy with God, experiencing God in intimacy in worship. I think one of the things that I feel that the, the, the Lord wants to restore to the church to, uh, to, today is, is that kind of authentic worship. I'm not talking about uh, what form of worship that we will do, what song that we sing. This morning we sang two hymns and one contemporary song. Does it mean that we are less worshipful today? No, 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 this is not what I'm talking about. I'm, this is why today we want to uh, look at uh, uh, what do I sense, what do I feel, what do I sense that the Lord is saying uh, to us about, the, about worship, about restoring the intimacy in worship. I'm going to say this for some, church, from, for, for some churches, for some Christians who have a vibrant, wonderful worship uh, service, you know, worship services and worship team. They may feel a bit offended, huh? but hold, hold, hold on. Huh? Let me just go through this uh, with us. First of all, I want to say that uh, worship is about relationship. Right? Worship is not, it's, it's never set in a vacuum. Worship is never, you know, impersonal. Ah, worship is always uh, involves a connection between two beings, the worshippers and the worship. Worship, the word in Greek is proskunio. It means to draw near and express affection, adoration, and ascribe greatness. Right? In Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, and it says, Behold, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, that is, worship Jesus, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, the word worship here is uh, proskunio. Proskunio means that to draw near, to prostrate in affection, expressing affection, adoration, and ascribe great greatness. It also means that a submission to the one whom uh, he worships and with a heart of gratitude. You know, we have three dogs in the house. One of them is uh, Mumu. Uh, she was the first uh, litter of, uh, of uh, the, the, the oldest dog that we have, Blackie. So among those... Uh, I think seven, eight puppies, our daughter Zachariah picked up Mumu. At the first instant, I say, I told her that we get to keep one. I want this one. They said, what about this one? This one is more, it's bigger, this one is fluffier. No, I want this one. She immediately spotted her and picked her up. And so Mumu, and in the morning, I will, I will feed them, right? I'll give them snacks in the morning. So I, I, I will... I will I will squat down at the, at the back of our house and wash, wash the bowl. Mumu will be just very happily, calmly, you know, wagging her tail, following me. And sometimes when I was squatting down there washing the, the, the bowls, 
she would just run over to me and lick me, lick me, lick me, you know, lick, 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 lick. As if saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, now, that is proscunio. Come and lick like a dog. I, you can't see my tongue no, because of the mask, huh? face mask. <laughs> lick like a dog. Lick your hand. Those of us who have pets, who have dogs, I mean, in particular, when your dog wants to uh, 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 express affection, he will draw near and lick, lick, lick you. And sometimes they will prostrate, they will turn up their belly and say, I trust you, I trust you, I become vulnerable to you, I'm not afraid that you attack me because I will not attack you. You know, dogs, when they fight, uh, they can never, you know, tummy up. If they get tummy up, they are gone. Right? So they are tummy up, they are in the most vulnerable position. Proscronio basically is saying that not only that I adore you, not only that I thank you, but I love you. I show my affection and I'm vulnerable to you. Proscronio is the word that suggests to us already there needs to be a relationship of trust from the worshipper towards the worship. Right? We inevitably relate to the one whom we worship. There's no doubt about it. We became what we worship. We take on the nature of the one we worship. And we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, more about that later on. Number three, we inevitably submit to the one whom we worship. As I mentioned to you just now, that you know, when the dog show affection, right, uh, it's, it's, it's the, in, in, the, in the instinct. The dog will not actually, never just lie back, lie on their back and expose their tummy in a position that they are not able to attack and fight back to anyone except those whom they trust. And to the human master, they will do that because they say that, I submit to you. You know, sometimes you, you, you score a dog, or they have done some something bad, you score a bad dog, bad dog. Or they will just lie down like that. I said, I submit, I submit. Or just, they say, come, lick, 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 lick your feet. Uh, lick your feet some more. Or just lick your hand. So it is about submission. Worship always involves the worshipper submitting to the worship, right? The one who is, who is worship. Now, worship is about relationship, as we have mentioned. Now, worship has to be in spirit and in truth. Every Sunday, we come together in the beginning of our service. We'll say these verses taken from uh, uh, John chapter 4, verse 21 to verse 24. Let's read together. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, what does it mean? Number one, uh, let's look at, firstly, we look at what it means to worship in truth. 
We need to know whom we worship. Worship flows out of our encounter with the true and living God. Right? Now, we, we cannot worship somebody whom we do not know. We worship God. How do we know who we are worshipping? God of the Bible, who is He? How is He like? Wow. In order to know all this, sometimes we feel that, you know, we've got to go to school to learn. We've got to go to Bible school to learn. We've got to go through courses to learn who this God is. You see, knowing this God whom we worship is not just an intellectual knowledge. It is all of an encounter. How does God invite us, persuade us, and say that, now, you can turn your tummy up. You can come lick my hand. It's okay. You are safe. How does He encourage us and affirm, you know, you know, just affirm His goodness, His grace, His mercy, His love for us so that we can come and live out the purpose for which mankind is created. That is to glorify God, to worship Him, to reflect His glory. That is sometimes, you know, sometimes when we pray for God, to God to answer, you know, to do something in our lives, to ask for something, we, we, we ask for people to bless, we ask for God to bless us, to protect us from harm, from sickness, from disease. We pray for healing. Uh, we pray for miracle, miraculous provision, breakthrough. And that. You know, we, we, we find that God will come whenever we begin to align with Him. Sometimes we don't even know Him very well. Sometimes, you know, in meetings, we see the miracles happen. People get healed. People get set free. People receive a prophetic word. They go back. Things change in the situation. Wow, this God, like, whom I don't even know. I even started even to read my Bible properly. Why is God doing all this? It is, this is what we call the encounter. You see, we can learn so much about God, but one encounter with the true and living God will speak more than a thousand words. More than a thousand words. Not just into our mind, but into our heart, into this conviction, into our belief system. Wow! Remember the blind man who was, who was healed by Jesus? And uh, he was being questioned by the Jewish authority, who is this man who, who, uh, who has healed you? You know, they're asking, they're asking the parents. The parents say, he's a doubt. You know, I never met. I didn't know what happened between him and this Jesus. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came and began to question him. You know, you know what he says? Whether, who, where, who is he? I do not even, I'm not even sure. But one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. And he turned to say to them, do you also want to follow him? Wow, you know, he said that these preachers of the law who have learned the theology of God, the God of Israel, Yahweh, the, 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 the God of the, of, of, the, of the nation, the God who gave them the identity, he did study of this, you know, there were volumes of books, Torah and all that, they were reading it. But this man, I wasn't even very sure who this Jesus is. 
But one thing I knew, I was blind, but now I see that is an encounter. Now that is the truth. That is what Jesus says. Those who worship Him must worship in truth. To, let me just give this quote. I actually can't remember where I got this quote from. Huh? It's in my notes, but I, 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 I don't have that. Uh, so any one of us who know where this quote is from, please do let me know. Because it is not from me, I just want to say. Now, to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to push the, ima the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, to devote the will to the purpose of God. Worship involves our entire soul, entire being. Worship, another, the third aspect of worship is this, that worship is truth-driven, not feeling-driven. Worship is Christ-centered, not situation-dependent. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about people make wrong choices because of uh, they follow their emotion. I also talked about that emotion has no right and wrong. Remote emotion is, is we are responding, reacting from something that comes to us, something that comes into us, something that touches us. So if we make decisions based on this emotion which has no right and wrong, then how do we expect this emotion to lead us to the right path? It doesn't make sense, right? This doesn't make sense. So, but emotion is very important. Right? When, 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 our, our, when the truth of God comes to us, when we know who, when we encounter the true and living God, it will touch our emotion. So our emotion is a response to the encounter to offer truth and living, true and living God. That's absolutely fine. But we cannot worship God, allow emotion to drive us. Worship is truth-driven. It involves our will, not only our feelings. What does it mean? It simply means that there is something that doesn't change. What is it doesn't change? Jesus is the way, the truth, and life doesn't change. God is good all the time. All the time means all the time. 24-7 for eternity to eternity. If God is good, should we give thanks to Him? Of course. If God is good, can we draw near to Him in confidence? Of course. Should we worship Him because He is good? Of course. But sometimes our circumstance uh, in life, uh, what, we what we encounter in our life, the challenges, the defeat, the despair, and all the rest of it, may not make us feel like He is that good. Huh? 
So do we stop worshipping him? No. Therefore, Jesus says, you must worship in truth. Allow truth to lead you. This is not being hypocritic. This is being saying to our feeling, you are only a reaction to the things that is going on. You are real. I do not deny you, but I'm saying that you are not taking the lead. You are not taking the lead. You are not determining my relationship with my God. You are not the determinant of in my relationship with Jesus. The truth is, the truth of who God is. You see, sometimes we wait until the feelings to come about. Don't wait. The feelings will come later. But draw near to God even though you don't feel like it. Because God is real. God is there. He's enthroned. He may, he may feel far away, but He's actually not. It is only your feeling. There are certain things that cause the feelings to come. Put that aside first. Don't deny it. Don't kill it off. Say to these feelings, I'm not going to be dominated by you. You are strong. Oh, you are strong. The feeling of sadness, despair, hopelessness, rejection, hurt, wounded, oh, all these are very strong. But the facts remain. The God whom we worship, we draw near. In truth, He never changes. He said He will never leave us nor forsake us. That's for sure, regardless how we feel. So therefore, draw near. But exercising our will. Even when you don't feel like worshipping the Lord on a particular day, draw near nonetheless. You don't feel like coming to church, draw near nonetheless. The fourth aspect, as I mentioned, is now the worship in spirit. Unless the Holy Spirit touches and frees our spirit, we cannot release true worship to God. Unless the Holy Spirit touches and frees our spirit, we cannot release true worship to God. Because worship involves our spirit. When God created mankind, He breathed His breath into man and made that man, make Adam a a living soul, a living spirit because of something that came out from God who is His spirit of life, His life-giving spirit into man. And therefore, man is being activated. The life of mankind has been activated. So each one of us, you and I, we have something inside us that comes from God. It, it is it looks the same. It is the image of what God has. It is there's meant to be connection between these two. God's Spirit, who is God, and this bread of life, which is from the Spirit of God, is meant to be connected. There is a homing device in every human being, whether he is a Christian, he is a non-Christian, it's an atheist. There's a homing device. We cannot deny it. Men seek to something to worship. 
They don't worship God. They don't worship the supernaturals. They worship human beings. They worship the um, intellectual supremacy. They worship achievement. They worship wealth. They bow down to all this. They submit to all this. They spend their life pursuing all this. Why? Because every human being has a homing device, something inside them that is driving them. You've got to find your match because you are so unique. You are so unique inside here. Something that mankind has that in the entire creation, nobody has it. That is the Spirit of God. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I shared with us about our robotic uh, uh, vacuum cleaner, right? So the, the robotic vacuum cleaner has a charger that only charges that, that particular type of uh, robotic, uh, robotic uh, yeah, vacuum cleaner. So when the power is down, the robotic uh, uh, vacuum cleaner will say, Return to base. Return to base. It is like a homing device. It will try to search for the base and be joined in the base. Now, that is how life functions. That's how God has designed us, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. How do fathers know how to become fathers? There is no other way. For fathers to know how to become fathers, We've got to be connected spirit to spirit with our Heavenly Father in worship, in intimacy. In Exodus 5, verse 1 to 2, what do I mean by the, unless the Holy Spirit touches and frees our spirit, we cannot release true worship to God. Afterward, let's read together. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast in, in, to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. The word here, hold a, hold a feast uh, in the wilderness, has been translated in many, uh, in different ways. Uh, some of them is to bless me, to worship me, to serve me in the wilderness. It all talks about worship. It all talks about God's people returning home. There is a homing device that Israel will be undone if Israel is not connected in the spirit to Yahweh, to their covenant, covenant-keeping God. The one who has given them their name, isn't it? Israel was a name given by God, right? To Jacob, and therefore the whole people of Israel is called Israel. Right? They were actually, actually uh, Israel was actually the name of Jacob, right? The grandson of Abraham. Just to uh, recap our memory. But you see, unless the Spirit is free, Pharaoh has seen miracles performed by the God of Israel through the hands of Moses. He has seen signs and wonders, but he was not willing to let God's people go. And he said, I do not know the Lord, 
nor will I let Israel go. Sometimes we say that, you know, unless uh, there are powerful testimony of signs and wonders, people will not come to know Jesus. People will not worship Jesus. But I want to suggest to us that just knowing signs and wonders, it is not sufficient. We need to have a personal encounter with Jesus. A personal encounter that touches and sometimes shakes our spirit. And then we will say, Lord, I bow before you. I bow before you in submission. I come and show my affection, my adoration, my thanksgiving unto you. I turn my belly up. I'm in the position, I'm prostrating in the position of vulnerability. Because as a, as a person, as human being, when we prostrate, that is the most difficult situation when we, 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 we can attack another Prostrate doesn't mean that kneeling down. Huh? Prostrate means the whole body lying face down on the floor. A position of vulnerability. A position of submission is always a position of vulnerability and trust. And that is our place before God, my dear friends. And it's in our spirit. Unless our spirit is free, therefore, when we become Christians, the Lord continue to heal us, transform us, restore us, heal our spirit, redeem our soul, and heal our physical body. Why? Because when we are free, then we can truly bring worship freely to the Lord. The form and outward expression of worship it's only secondary to our heart attitude and freedom in our worship. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, true worship touches the spirit, not just the soul. The form and outward expression is of worship is only what comes out from our heart attitude, our freedom in our spirit. And sometimes people sing, they, they can't even sing properly. They are tone deaf. Do you think that when they sing the congregation, you know, heaven, let's say, if a congregation of, uh, of uh, 100, uh, 150, right? they're about uh, like the size of a desert stream. Let's say you have 20 tone death worshippers. They all sing song together and they will sing with such gusto, you know, with their heart so loud. Would that be very nice hearing? I can assure you it's not going to be very nice. It's going to sound very nice. It's not going to sound very nice. But when they sing it from their heart, do you think the kind of worship is, is, uh, is acceptable unto the Lord? Oh, I'm not only saying that it will be acceptable unto the Lord, I'm sure it will be acceptable unto the Lord. You see, to, today we, we are, we are in, 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 uh, in church, uh, we're in the danger that, uh, uh, what they call this, to, to, to pursue worship that stirs up the soul. Right? Music that is very soothing, music that is very loud, stir up the soul first. Now, let us be aware of soulish worship. Worship that makes me feel good. 
when we come before the Lord, let us prepare our spirit. Let us say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm open before you. I want to be vulnerable to you. I want to be open to you. I may not sing very well. I may not pray very well. I cannot pray as well as somebody else in the congregation, in the, in the church. But I, I, want, I, I ask you, Holy Spirit, would you prepare me so that in my spirit, that I may connect with your spirit. You are what I desire. I'm truly thankful for what you've done for me. I'm truly thankful for the healing that you've given to me, to my family members. Sometimes we hear during this time, God heal a family member, a person from COVID-19. Are we truly thankful? If you are truly thankful, we will bring this thanksgiving to the Lord and say, I don't know how best to express it. I don't even feel like I'm very, you know, uh, excited about it, but I'm truly thankful. Let my spirit connect with your spirit. Today, this morning, I woke up, you know, I, I, I feel that I'm uh, down with a lot of challenges, but make me feel that, you know, a bit of discouraged. I do not seek people to lift me up, discouragement only, but I seek you, O oh Lord, the spirit to spirit, that I may connect with you in truth and in spirit. And then you begin to sing. Then sing my soul. Then the soul will sing because the spirit is connected with God's spirit. That is the kind of worship that God, that God wants to see. I assure us among his people today. But today with the convenience of uh, technology, instrument and all that. All these are just tools. Huh? I'm not saying that people who play good music are all solid worship. No. You look at our Desert Swim worship team, right? Now, I'm not trying to uh, sell you our worship team, but I want to tell you that the heart of the worship team who gather together here, sometimes you know that something is need a bit of tweaking in their, in their, in, in their spirit, something coming out, still good, music still good and all that, but you know that something is out of, out of tune a little bit. Not the music, huh? but the spirit. But sometimes you know that, wow, we can dwell in the presence of God just like that. Most of the time, more and more often, almost all the time, when our worship team come up here, they lead us in worship. There is something that flows out from the Spirit that I can't even tell how it happens. But I just know it in my spirit. It is out of a spirit of thanksgiving, spirit of adoration, spirit of honoring God, spirit of affection towards God, that love towards God, the submission to the Lord. And honestly, sometimes, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I will probably feel that I, I shouldn't come up too soon to share the word because that is spirit-to-spirit spirit time. 
Are there even music? Uh, we don't have uh, a huge band here. But, what, but those who play the instrument, when the Spirit is right before God, the worship will take us beyond our soul and into the spiritual realm. Now, this is, that is our worship team. We praise God. We thank God for them. We pray that the Lord will continue to build them up, to build up anyone who will join the worship team in the near future, that we will be, take great care in our personal worship, in our personal worship, that we might develop intimacy, deeper intimacy with God. Now, the, now the fifth aspect, worship changes us. When we are in the presence of the Holy God, we see who we truly are and respond in humility. Worship is drawing near into the presence of God. When we are connected with Him, we are truly in our spirit, we sense it, our soul will respond. Huh? It will touch our emotion, it will touch our mind, it will stir up memory of who we are, what we have done and so on. And it will, it will, it will propel us to respond in our will. In Luke chapter 5, verse 8, when, let's read together. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, there was a time, for context sake, huh? there was a time that when, they, they, you know, Simon Peter trying to catch fish in the Lake of Galilee, he grew up in the Lake of Galilee. He was a professional fisherman. He knew the Lake of Galilee like the back of his hand. When he didn't catch any fish, after Jesus has preached a sermon, using his boat, standing in his boat, and he asked Simon Peter, now you go into the deep around noontime, let down your net, launch your net one more time. Simon Peter said, hey, Jesus, I grew up in this place, noontime, where God fish. But because you say so, Master, I will go. Because you say so, sorry, because you say so, Rabbi, I will go. So he went. He went, the fish that he caught was so much that their net began to break. And he needed to call out to James and John, come, 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 help me, it's too many fish. Unexplainable. When he got all the fish, finally, you know, like the Malaysia, you know, with all the energy, with all the labor, they, they struggled to bring out all the, you know, there was so much fish until the net was breaking. And when they heard in all the fish, Jesus ran to, uh, Simon Peter saw it and he fell down at Jesus' knees. He should say to Jesus, Jesus, how did you know? Oh, today I was big kitchen. Well, Jesus, I want to invite you to come to my house and feast. He was not filled with joy. But he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Oh, Lord. From Rabbi to Lord. What happened? It was an encounter. Was there any music? No. Was there any? So what? You catch a lot of fish. But to a fisherman who grew up in the lake of Galilee, he knew that it was a miracle. A miracle that shook, that shook his heart. 
that brought him to see that Jesus indeed is the living Christ, is God himself. And in seeing who Jesus is, he saw who he was, a sinful man. Do we draw near to God? I'm not saying that we need to, you know, every time we draw into God, we will, we, will, we, will, we will bang our head on the wall because uh, uh, God keeps reminding us of how, what a terrible sinner we have been. No. To look at the holiness of God, just now we have sung, when I look into your holiness, wow. My, my dear friends, if that is your prayer, we can sing that again. But be ready. When the Lord showed me His holiness, just a glimpse of it, I tell you that I was not broken down in, 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 in loving uh, adoration. I saw who I am. I saw my life, what I did, what I say, the attitude that I had. It was not something that, you know, that is against the law, that was against the law. But I felt that, wow, what have I done? What kind of person I am? Honestly, just a glimpse of the holiness of God when God began to show His heart to us. Be ready. It will touch our spirit. It will, it will, it will, it will you know, uh, it will renovate our soul. <laughs> it will help us, it will open our eyes to see who we really are. Worship changes us. Worship is about encounter with the living God. Worship is spirit to spirit. Worship is about the one whom we worship. Lastly, worship attracts God's presence. Because it is our covenantal obligation. In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 11 to verse 12. Let's read together. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. That is the covenant that God wants to establish with mankind. Ultimately, he established it through the mediator of a new covenant, Jesus Christ himself. That in this new covenant which we have through Jesus with God, God is a covenant-keeping God. We spent about 12 weeks talking about that. I'm not going to touch uh, much of it anymore. All right, you want to find out more, go to YouTube, go to our channel, and, and, and walk through some of those uh, uh, sermons. God said, I set my tabernacle among you. I set the place where I will dwell. I set my altar among you. I will dwell among you. My soul shall not abhor you. I will not reject you. I will walk among you. Our relationship to be will be, I am your God. You are my people. My covenantal obligation to you as your covenantal God is to bless you, is to love you, is to help you, is to restore you, is to protect you, is to, is to, is to guide you, is to heal you, is to, 
is to, is to set you free and all that. What is your obligation? What is our covenantal obligation? That we are God's people. We are to draw near in intimacy, developing the intimacy with God, listening to His words, knowing Him. Last week we talked about what it means to grow in the Word of God. What, what does it mean to, to draw near intimacy in the Word of God? And to worship Him because we are God's people. Our identity derives from Him. We have a new name called God's people. Here it says, my people. We have a new name. We have a new identity. We are Christian. We are of Christ. We belong to Christ. Our identity is linked, derived from our relationship with God. And as God's people, who is also our creator, what should our response be? Proskunio, worship him, bow down before him, lick his hand, touch his feet. In the position of vulnerability, and that is in the position of submission. To say that I submit to God huh, is to say that I'm, I'm willing to be vulnerable to you. You ask me to do the most thing, I will do it. You ask me to do the things that makes me so uncomfortable, I will do it. I'm willing to be vulnerable to you. That is our covenantal obligation. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13 to 14, and we will close. Let's read together. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house, that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Here I'm not saying that we do away with instrument. This was an account recorded at the dedication of the temple built by King Solomon. It were at, at the dedication, there were, there were full bands, there were full worship team, with choirs and all that, trumpeters, you know, uh, singers, they make one sound, they make a sound in unity. Their heart was joined together in adoration, in thanksgiving, in worship unto the Lord. There was just one heart, there was just one sound, they were in one spirit, praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with a trumpet and cymbals, you know, the drums, the cymbal, and all that, the, the, the string instrument, and an uh, and, uh, instrument of music, the guitar, the, you know, the keyboard. They, uh, no, no, they, they, they have keyboard in those days. The harps and all that. And praise the Lord, saying, for His good, for His mercy. and Now, when they were doing that, they were singing. They were having a praise and worship. 
What is the key here? They were in one. They was, the spirit was in the worshippers, the musicians, the worship team. Their heart was, they were one heart. What was it? One heart. One heart in praising and thanking the Lord. That means all of them agree. God is worthy to be praised and worshipped. God has done something so mightily wonderful for them that they are thanking the Lord. And for that matter, they even give you the, the lyrics, huh? for His good, for His mercy endures forever. And the house of the Lord, suddenly the glory of God descended in the physical, in the physical, in physical manifestation. And the anointing of the glory of God was so heavy that the priest could not continue ministering because of the crowd. How did the minister? They're ministering. They were ministering prostrating in total submission. Strange side, strange side. The whole worshipping was singing and suddenly the glory of God comes and everybody was just on the floor and the service of dedication must go on. Huh. And it went on. My dear friends, worship attracts God's presence because it is our covenantal obligation. Simply put, if we fulfill our covenantal obligation, God will draw near. When we draw near to Him, James said He will draw near to us. If we draw near to Him in intimacy, He will draw near to us in intimacy.